Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. And I'm Jared. And it's just the two of us again, because Adrian was MIA doing stuff. Laura is working her third shift today. But uh, according to the schedule, it looks like next week she might be able to make it. So oh, good. We might have a full four stack of people talking about stuff next oh, week. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that'll be next week. We, we need to figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Laura asked me, she's like, oh, any ideas what you're talking about? I was like, nope. not a clue. We might figure it out tonight. Hopefully, we can figure it out tonight when we're done. Or yeah. who knows? Maybe in the middle of the show, like that's what we should talk about. Yep. Hopefully, because we're professional, we're prepared. That's that's something <laughs> like how that works. But anyway, this week uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, November seventeenth. If that date means nothing to you, then how dare you? It is a na- it should be a national holiday. It is Wookie Life Day, folks. That's right. Uh, George Lucas himself may want the whole world to forget about it, but we're not going to. Heck no. Uh, for those of you that don't know what it, what I'm talking about, Wookie Life Day aired on this date in 19... Oh, shoot, I forget. It's been a minute ago. Um, but it aired on CBS one time and one time only and has been immediately, or since then, like deleted from every way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, they, they tried to ignore it. 1978 is when it aired November 17th, yep. 1978. And yeah, it was bad folks. Yeah. It was not good. It was real bad. It is the worst show slash and or movie that I have ever seen. Now I know you're so I would agree. I know some of you folks are saying, well, I don't know. There's this, that, and the other that are bad. That may be true. But what I said was not the worst one ever made. Worst one that I have ever seen. And that's the technicality that I'm going to keep that win on. Um, the only good thing that came out of that was Boba Fett. And even then, Boba Fett was still in the process right. of being an empire. Like, right. it just happened to be the first appearance ever of Boba Fett in a cartoon. Right. Where his color palette is not what we saw in the movies. Nope. Um, it was way, way off. And, I mean, it was bad. It was a uh, little rough. If you want to see this abomination of a programming... Then check it out on YouTube because that's yeah. really pretty much the only place you can find it is there is there will not be a HD remaster. No. <laughs> uh the the lore ha- the lore and rumor has it that after it aired, George Lucas burned like all of the original film and everything. So it is like, oh, he wants to make sure there's no way of it existing. And it exists. And it exists because somebody at one point has spent enough money on a VCR to record it. And they have since uploaded it to the internet, and there it'll last forever. So that's the only, that's the only way I saw it was on YouTube. Yeah, same here. And I gotta tell you, folks, oh, it's not worth watching. <laughs> it it's... it is only worth watching <clears throat> if you break up watching it over the course of several days. All right, watch ten minutes. Stop. Watch another 10 minutes, like whatever scene break, stop. I don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way it'd be worth it, though, because I want to say there's like six different skits. It's like a variety show yeah. within Star Wars where yeah. there's a cartoon of Boba Fett and on Tatooine doing his thing. Um, there is Chewbacca's family, Itchy and... I don't remember their I don't names. Know, I just know I remember Itchy was one of the names. Yeah. Where they speak in Shriwook, they speak in Wookiee language. With no subtitles. So it is all just... And then just you try to put the story together by off of their body language then. Yep. Um, Carrie Fisher sang in one of the skits. 
B. Arthur is in it. Yeah, she is. Oh, B. Arthur about that. She owns the cantina that they visit and yeah. everything. Um, there is Star Wars slash Wookie porn that's through VR. It's really weird. Like Chewbacca's oh, either yeah. father or father-in-law is watching this weird song dance whatever it's it's bad it's real bad <laughs> like i a group of friends and i we do a bad movie thing i made them watch this like all right, you will not get any worse than this and like okay after watching that all right there's a new standard bad but like redeemable like okay there's something like that's quality solid about it this was just so bad it's just bad yeah like we watched the room it was bad but we could make fun of it it was fine this one was just painful bad so yeah it, it very bad but it gave us our topic for today. It gave us our topic for today, Wookie which is Star Wars <clears throat> uh, and Wookiee Life Day. Specifically, we try to do Star Wars stories that are good. Yeah. Um, because that is so bad. We want that's enough of the, There's so much dark side on that. We need some light side. In yes. Uh, I want to kick it off real quick though with mentioning there's also the Star Wars Life Day cookbook that we just got in the store that where it has a whole bunch of different recipes. Um. Let's see. It is twenty four ninety nine. Has a bunch of in world stuff that you can actually make in the real world yeah, today. It looks but pretty neat. There's like a on the cover. There's like a Chewbacca gingerbread cookie, uh, uh, hot chocolate, and like all sorts of different stuff. That there's a bunch of unique stuff in there. Uh, we're talking about doing having some sort of Star Wars treats day at the store with uh, Purple Feet in there with their food and try to do something like that. We'll see what we can do. But yeah. I just want to say that is the only Life Day thing that we can carry right now is the Star Wars Life Day cookbook. Uh, last year, they did do a Lego Life Day on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's not the same. It was too good. Yeah. And some people say it wasn't good. I was like, no, no. That's fine. It can be not good, but it's not that bad. Right. So <laughs> it's not. It's just not the same. The bar for Life Day stuff is really low. It's really low. <laughs> so with my first one out of the way, Jared, what is the first Star Wars thing on your list? Um, I actually have several. So one of the first ones that I had was um, <clears throat> Star Wars, the Knights of the Old Republic comic. It follows a uh, character uh, called uh, Zane Carrick. He's not from the game. This is kind of inspired from the Knights of the Old Republic game. But it he's like a Padawan who isn't very good. But he's kind of lucky, you know. Things screw up royally for him, but it works out for him. Kind of like young Anakin in Phantom Menace. Yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. So, but it's got uh, teachers. He's uh, basically part of this. Uh, it starts out with him chasing a bad guy and he, you know, kind of screws it up, but he's late to a meeting that is uh, supposed to be kind of like a. Um, their master's knighting them, I believe. It's been a while since I've read it. It's a but, ceremony uh, of sorts. Yeah, it's a ceremony of sorts between masters and Padawan. Well, all of these masters murder their Padawans, and he's late to the party, so he doesn't get murdered. So uh, it's basically, you, you starts off the story arc of the masters hunting him down because, you know, they kind of frame him for the uh, murders, and so they've got the Jedi and the Republic and everything, everyone looking for him. And they try to discredit him because yeah. they don't want him to rat him out. Like, oh, exactly. no, you're the one that did all this. So he's, you know, on the run pretty much. And he get, kind of gets up with, uh, you know, not uh, criminal masterminds, but kind of low life thieves or something like that. So, you know, it's 
it's a basically a Star Wars story of survival, betrayal. You know, it's got all of the good parts to it. So it was one of my favorite series when it was ongoing and everything. And uh, they've got it. Um, I think they do them in the Marvel Legends imprints or whatever like yeah it's not an omnibus but it's, it's the it's not oversized and it's not canon yeah it's not canon but it is something that they are reprinting because i think it was originally dark horse yes that did yep. the print of that yeah it was really well done it was a great story uh later in the series you uh it, it happens before the knights of the republic game so you see um malik as a jedi who is from the game if you're familiar um he's you know, not yet Sith and everything, and he's in the game. I don't know if you've ever played it, Alex. I have um, not. He's, like, missing his jaw, and he's got, like, a robotic jaw. He's got his full jaw in this, and, you know. It's like so, when Nick Fury loses his eye. Exactly. He, he still has his jaw. Yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah, it was a great series, one of my favorites. Um, I would definitely check this one out in the Marvel Legends Collected Editions. It was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, first one up on my list, it is... The best Darth Vader story ever told, in my opinion. Uh, and that is Star Wars Vader Down. I would have to agree with you. I mean, so the premise this issue, or this story arc, uh, contains is, starts with Star Wars Vader Down, issue number one. It goes through Vader and Star Wars 13 and 14, I believe, and it ends with Vader 15. So it's a six-issue story arc. That crossover between the main Star Wars and Darth Vader, and this was the first series that was that Marvel had taken over since they bought the Star Wars rights back after you know Dark Horse their contract expired. Marvel's publishing it again. Um, that was that first run of that, where Vader is on a mission, whatever he's flying around, he gets shot down. He, somehow someone gets a good hit on him, he crash lands. Yep. And then the rebels are like, "Oh, this is our chance. We can kill Vader. We can get yep. rid of him." So they so send out an army. They send out like hundreds of people and he's in a crater and like hey you know i know you're you know, i know you're vader but everyone has their limits even you uh you're surrounded like you're there's no way out of this you're you're out of luck um and he says well, well, what are you talking about what am i afraid of all i'm surrounded by is a bunch of dead men yeah it says all i'm surrounded by is fear and dead men and then he, he ignites his lightsaber and just tears them all up like he he sticks to his word or he He's like, yep, they're all dead. And then, of course, you know, Leia and Luke and Han and them, they get on the scene. They do their chasing thing. Uh, it takes place between uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So, of course, he gets away. They don't ca capture him. They don't kill him. And I mean, none of the named characters, nothing bad happens to them. because No. The hundred or other uh, characters, you know, they're all gone. They're, they're all gone. Yeah. yeah. They but, didn't show up in Empire. <laughs> but it is. But that story is... The best thing I can translate that to is if you ever watched Star Wars Rogue One story, the hallway uh, scene, the right hallway just... scene at the end of that where Vader just mowing them all down. Like this is why everyone was terrified of him because like in the original trilogy, we didn't really see Vader do anything. Yeah, he deflected a couple blaster bolts and he was slow moving. He had a sword, one swipe done, whatever. We don't really see the menacingness of it. This we got to see. Holy crap! This is what the legend of Darth Vader is of how he can survive all the bad odds whatever like he is a beast and he he lived up to his reputation so yeah that is star wars vader down if we can get it back in stock i know we'll try it's one of those like it, it's hard to get everything in stock right now we currently don't have it at the stop at the store but if you ask for it we can try to order it for you 
So, Jared, what's next on your list? Uh, next on my list was actually another uh, non-canon. It was printed by Dark Horse, Star Wars Legacy. This is set, um, oh, like a hundred and some years past uh, Return of the Jedi. <clears throat> and it follows a character called Cade Skywalker. And, <clears throat> excuse me, him and his father are living at a Jedi temple with a bunch of other Jedi, and it becomes attacked by Sith. These Sith basically murder every Jedi there, and Cade's able to escape. With all of the Jedi being, like, pretty much, you know, destroyed, he uh, kind of gets rid of the Skywalker name and goes undercover, becomes like a bounty hunter, smuggler type of uh, character, and he doesn't tell anyone he's a Skywalker because the name Skywalker reignited the Jedi in the new Jedi Order, non-canon. This is pre-Disney. And he, they go, you know, on all these wacky adventures and everything like that, and the Force is pulling him back into the fold, and, you know, he's kind of Sith-ish, or, you know, he he toes that line. He is not a good guy, and he is not a bad guy. He will straight up murder you, but he'll still help you, you know. If it serves him his purpose. Uh, he, yeah. He's not going to go out of his way to murder you, but right. also he's but, not afraid to if he needs to do Right. That. But I think, um, you know, there's a bounty on Jedi, and he finds one. Basically hunts him down for the bounty, alive, turns him in, gets the reward, but then, you know, he goes and breaks the Jedi out. <laughs> so it's... That's how you get repeat business. Know. Oh, it's my job to hunt you down. Yep. I didn't say it's my job to keep that, you trapped. Yeah, he got paid for the bounty, helped him escape, so he did the good guy thing in the end, but he still got paid for his job. He was a scoundrel. So, but yeah, it's a, there's this whole whole story arc with everything. It's really good, but it's it's it was fun to see... The future of the Skywalker name, you know. Do its thing. Yeah, pre-Disney. So, yeah, Legacy was a fun comic. It was really well written. It was really well drawn. Um, and sometimes the art of the main character, like look at this, if you can see it. It looks like Nick Cage, the guy in the middle. Uh, yeah. You, uh, just there, a little bit, doesn't it? There mm. is, um, Nick, uh, like Nick Cage with uh, bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, you know, some areas where he was drawn, I always thought he looked like Nick Cage. So, but yes, yeah, uh, Star Wars Legacy, that was a fun comic also. Really well done. All right. Uh, next one on mine is a, a crossover, but not really. It's like an anthology, really. Uh, that contains Star Wars issue 7, 15, 20, 26 through 30. Why did it jump around so much, you ask? Well, because at the time, uh, Jason Aaron was like, you know what, I want to, I want to, he's writing the main Star Wars story, but you know, let's talk about some Obi-Wan Kenobi a little bit here. Let's, you know, we don't know what's going on with him. I've, yeah. I have a theory this is going to be the inspiration to the upcoming Obi-Wan series. I hope so. On Disney Plus. But this is Star Wars, the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is Obi-Wan selling in from a Jedi master to a no-name on a on a crap planet, on a two-moon planet or two-sun planet called Tatooine. So it's him in his hiding trying to figure out how to survive and when, basically him becoming Ben Kenobi from Obi-Wan to Ben yeah. Kenobi. They were good stories. They were uh, kind of like one shot. They split up the Star Wars stories um the main story. The main story arc. Right. You know, whenever one story would end, they'd throw one of those in there. And and that's why I say it's an anthology, because, like, there's one issue where he is totally saving Luke. 
but Luke doesn't know. He's just off of the background. It's, he's trying to be hidden and whatever. Uh, there are some bounty hunters that have heard rumor of a Skywalker surviving. So they're on that hunt and Obi-Wan's like, nope, it's my job to protect you even from afar. And like, it's my job. I'm better to protect you from afar because if we get too close, that's a bigger target that might draw more attention. And it's just, it's really cool. It is, it, it's a good peek into the mind of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Of yeah. Him learning again to be, to be Ben Kenobi and to, to set back, to like to step away from everything. Yep. And then we also have some Yoda stories too that go along in this. Like, yeah. And some of it was really cool. If I remember right, um, it was Luke reading the journals. Yes. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like, and that was like after after New Hope, before Empire, right? Uh, some of it takes. It almost seems like it's after Empire because like it's a Yoda journal. Well, well when it did, could be, yeah. Because when did Yoda die? I mean, that was, was Empire, yeah, Empire Jedi. So it like, Jedi. So it's one of those like I don't know necessarily when that takes place, but I don't I don't care. I mean, it's a f- cool. Obviously, the Yoda story is in the past. Where he's figuring like kyber crystals and like this tribe that yeah. worshipped that mountain. Yeah. They don't know. They don't necessarily know why they're worshiping the mountain, but it knows. They know it has like some mystical powers. It's a really cool story. Um, that's why I'm kind of torn. It's like, oh, uh, journals of Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, but it's Obi Wan and Yoda. So like the issue seven, fifteen, and twenty were all Obi Wan. The twenty six through thirty that was the Yoda stories. So, but they probably figured, okay, neither one's good enough to be by itself. We'll just combine them together. Yeah. And honestly, it makes a great trade. It does. Especially for only nineteen ninety nine. Like, there's a decent amount of books that's here. Pretty Especially thick. for a Marvel book. That's yeah. pretty good. So, yeah, that is Star Wars from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. What else is on your list, Jared? All right. Another one on my list was, uh, I don't even know if they're printing these anymore with Marvel, but they these were some... Uh, Star Wars uh, Dark Horse again. They were Infinities. This is kind of like um, <clears throat> Star Wars What Ifs. It's what I would compare them to. So like the first one, what if the um, shot that Luke took did not destroy the Death Star, it only kind of immobilized it. So it kind of went off from there with Leia being captured and, you know, being... whole bunch of bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, a whole bunch of bad stuff. And it was a really good look into what if one little thing changed. Uh, Empire... They said with <clears throat> they didn't continue from uh, their Infinities of New Hope. They said if the New Hope movie played out like it did, they went to Hoth, but Luke did not survive the Wampa attack. What happens? All right. You know, the third one, I think uh, it's been a while since I've read Jedi, but uh, the third one was like, what if uh, they w- didn't get to Han? Uh, quick enough and he was like had permanent blindness and you know little things like that so there was a lot of good what if scenarios in there that were a lot of fun i think that's the best way is a what if of like yeah because especially for the longest time before disney bought the star wars franchise there was so much contradictory stories it was hard to say okay what's canon what's not right and this is a great way to say None of it's canon, but yeah, all, none of this was none canon, of it's canon period. until we decide that it's canon. Yeah, yeah. Infinities was just fun story arcs saying, "What if this happened? How would Star Wars have played out?" And they were fun. All right. Uh, next up on my list is Star Wars Darth Vader, specifically the volume Vader. Uh, 
So when Disney took over from Star Wars and everything, they decided, okay, here we go. We're going to do our own. Uh, we'll do a main Star Wars book and a Vader book because they have both sides. You know, the Rebellion and the Empire. And who would follow better other than Vader? Yeah. Um, this series was more, you know, Vader doing his vader stuff. But the breakout characters in this was Dr. Aphra in this series. Dr. Aphra and her droids, um, Trip Zero, and I forget what the other one is. Um, but they are murder droids. And they are hilarious. Uh, because, okay, who does Vader... Vader needs someone to help him do his missions or whatever, but he can't have a print or an apprentice because, you know, Sith, there can only be two master apprentice. There is no apprentice apprentice. Um, and he recruits Dr. Aphra to, which she is a evil Indiana Jones within star Wars, basically pretty much where she is robbing different, you know, ancient sites and whatever to just to make a buck and cool. So she decides she needs some droids. So she gets these two droids that are murder droids that are, or I should say they are interrogation specialists. So they're torture droids. They're just murder, just torture. Uh, one of them has like a bunch of needles of all sorts of, you know, uh, paralysis drugs, poisons, pain, like not the, oh, this will kill you in your sleep. No, no, you will feel this burning through your veins and you'll suffer in the most terrible way. Um, at one point, one of the droids like, can we murder this person now, please? We've been really good. We, you know, we don't want to follow you because that's our programming to, you know, kill everything. But since we have to follow you, cause you put this inhibitor on us, can you at least murder this guy now? And like, it's so sick and twisted, but in a funny way, like it's Marvel Disney. So it's never gonna be dark, dark, but there's definitely some, this is heavier than usual in a lighter way, I guess. Um, like a PG version of saw is <laughs> the best way I can compare it to. Yeah. <laughs> and they are hilarious droids terrifying droids that like oh everyone knows how good r2 is and how cute he is and bba and you know there's 3po which we tolerate uh what if there's an evil r2 and an evil 3po teaming up that are torturing working for the empire whatever and it's it's fun and because of this series like they created that dr afro character they quote killed her off um spoilers there she's still around and that takes place in the gap between empire and jedi so she still survives uh what they do and vader is like all right you're fired launches her ejects her into space but then she survives someone saves her and now she has her own little side story like oh she spun out of this because it was such a good character Mm -hmm. and she has her own run of stuff so uh i guess it might is it too far as dr afra and this vader story like they're both really good yeah um the only the only problem i have with this series is they have a current Darth Vader series that is just called Star Wars Darth Vader. Same logo and everything. The only way you can tell the difference in trades is because the new one, I mean, other than writers and artists, the new one has a black border all the way around it. That is the current between Empire and Jedi. Yeah. But that's so minuscule. Like, I don't know which ones, especially when those came right after each other. Like, right. you see, right now on the shelf, we have Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 1. Star Wars, Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 1. A different subtitle, like... But which one's number? Which one's actually right. number one? Like, in, it it's just it's a mess. I wish they would have at least changed the logo of Darth Vader or something. Well, not called a Darth Vader, Lord Vader, or just Vader. You or, know. Right. I mean, change something it up just a little or bit. Just change the header where it says Star Wars Darth Vader. Change the Vader into like a like a blood scratching something. Yeah. Like something different. Different font, even. Right. You know. But nope. They're like exact same. We'll just do a black border around it. Yep. Well, I get. 
I guess that's fine. I mean, the good news is with that is when they did Star Wars same way, and then they've done like bounty hunters stuff like that. Like, okay, that's this era has that black border. It takes place between Empire and Jedi. That's the only way you can tell the difference at first glance. So it's like, well, I, I hate that they did that, but it works well enough, I guess. So, so yeah, Star Wars Darth Vader. This is the original series by Kieran Gillen. What? Do you have anything else on your list? Uh, yes, I have two more. Okay. Um, this one I'll just touch base on really quickly because we're probably going a little long. Uh, we're doing all right. We're okay. Not bad. Okay. Um, so Tag and Bink. There was multiple story arcs with Tag and Bink. They basically started out as Jedi Padawan, uh, and they just kind of show up at all of the critical points in the Star Wars saga accidentally, you know? They survive Order 66 by just some random circumstance, and <clears throat> they are on board the Death Star when it's about ready to get blown up, but they escape on TIE Fighters. Or I think they were actually in the TIE Fighters, next, flying next to Vader in the um, trench. So they're the, two, I remember they're the right. two fighters that get blown okay. yeah, That or just one of them is. I don't remember for sure, because it's been a while since I've read those, but they, they like show up there, there at everything. Like when uh, Luke is brought before the Emperor, they're wearing the Royal Guards costumes or, you know, right there. <laughs> they have to escape and everything like that. So a lot of those were a lot of fun. They were comedy-based. They weren't canon ever. I think um, didn't uh, they do something with Mandalorian honoring Tag and Bing? They were at least referenced recently. Yeah, uh, I don't I know. remember exactly what they, did, what they did in The Mandalorian, but they were they were referenced right. in there. And I know they did like one one shot like a year or two ago uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, but those were a lot of fun. If you can get a hold of those, um, those would be fun things to read because they were they were, they were were really funny. They were just comedy stories within the Star Wars yeah. universe. Oh yeah, they were great. Uh, I want to do one last one. I know you said you had one more yeah, I got that one. one more. Uh, my last one I want to mention is Star Wars Thrawn. Uh, that is the comic book. Was that on your list? Which one? The issues one through six, the most recent the new one. one. Okay. Yes. Um, where Thrawn is officially canon uh, within the current Star Wars, Disney, whatever, which we had seen that in Star Wars Rebels as mm-hmm. well. But this shows his uprising like him his rise to power his rise to being admiral thrawn yeah like he was just like pilot thrawn captain thrawn whatever i don't know the ranks he ascends through but it is his ascension to be right under grand moff tarkin like his i am the best because of this and this is why yep so yeah it's a character that i didn't know about until i read the series but i was like okay i'll try check it out star wars because i'm not i'll be honest i don't read a whole lot of extended universe but i don't read a whole lot i mean I read the current stuff within the comic books. That's it. I don't do the actual books. I don't go back to the backlog mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, the last 40 years of random odds and oh, yeah. stories. Yep. That, that's just not me. I, I am very much top level. I don't, right. I don't deep, I don't see my teeth into it. I did, um, a, I did them by audiobooks because I drive an hour every day for work. So and that's, for that's that. round trip. Right. So I get an hour a day and a lot of those books were only 10, 11 hours. So two weeks I'd have one book done, right. you know? So I actually just kind of lined up all the audiobooks in order from timeline and just kind of went, went through them all. I was Star Wars out for a little while, but uh, there was a lot of fun doing that. Right. So for me, I describe myself as I'm a Star Wars fan, not a fanboy. The, uh, yeah. I don't have that deep knowledge of yeah. oh this planet that planet whatever oh, yeah. I'm like I don't care I just watch the movies leave me alone with that 
And I watch yeah. the TV shows too. There's nothing wrong with that uh, either. But yeah, so this Thrones character, I was like, I don't know who this character is. That was before I watched Rebels. Yeah. I when I read it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this comic that they did, the the new one, and when he was in Rebels, I thought they did a really good adaptation from the original Thrawn trilogy, which was my last pick. All right, well, go ahead with that. So this was um uh this was done off of Timothy Zahn's books. So they adapted them for comics. Uh this the Thrawn trilogy was Heir to the Empire, um, the uh, uh, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. This actually introduced Mara Jade, who was a uh, the Emperor's Hand, and she had a mission to kill Luke Skywalker. So, you know, that was very, very... What do you, what do you want to call it? The character development of Mara Jade was one of the best character developments throughout comics and a lot of that development was her introduction and how it ended so this um introduced grand admiral thrawn who was kind of the last person or the last character to keep the empire alive after return of the jedi leia is pregnant with her twins jaina and jason who are born in this series um it introduces some other characters that were a lot of fun um and there was a Jedi, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's um, Joris Sabayoth, I think, who was kind of like the new emperor. So he was able to clone Luke Skywalker using the hand he lost in Cloud City and recovered his lightsaber. So he had a clone of Luke Skywalker going up against Luke Skywalker. So Mara Jade's able to kill the clone, Luke Skywalker, so she actually fulfills her mission in killing Luke Skywalker. Nice. So I, I, That's good I always thought that was a good little tie-in, yeah. you know? But uh, Mara Jade eventually becomes Luke's wife, which I always loved that concept of, hey, I'm going to murder you to we're married. Right. You know? I want to murder you from a certain point of view. Yes. The classic Star Wars. Oh, no. Oh, from a certain from, point of from view. From a certain was, point of view. It was awesome, yeah. The Thrawn trilogy was such a good story. I mean, Han's story in it, Leia's story, Lando's there. I mean, everything about it was great. It was, it was probably... I actually liked the original Thrawn trilogy more than I did the original Star Wars trilogy. Oh, wow. Uh, that, I that, thought it was that good of a story. That, that's a big reference there for that one. Yeah, and I mean, Empire's been my favorite movie of all time. So, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Right. I mean, <laughs> you can't get much better than that as a movie or a story. And I think this story, it captured all of the characters correctly and very well. Yeah, this, the, Thr the original Thrawn trilogy. All right. So, folks, if that makes you excited for Star Wars, then... It's a happy Wookiee life day indeed. Yes. Um, and remember, it's the Star Wars holiday special, not the Star Wars Christmas special, because this is this is a Thanksgiving story, not a Christmas story. So I want to throw. I just want to. I know some people are like, oh, it's Christmas time. No, no, it's Thanksgiving time. Star Wars holiday special. Holidays, Thanksgiving, Wookiee life day, or it's just Wookie life day, life day, or just life day no, that no. are celebrated by the Wookiee Wookiees. Life day. Yes. <laughs> so. With that, let's move on to books that came out this week, Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. Uh, Jared, what are some good ones that stood out to you? Uh, one of the ones that I I liked, 
I can't, I'm wanting to see where they go was Robin's number one. It's a six-issue mini-arc. It's basically anyone who has been a Robin. It's got uh, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd. In the current timeline. Yes, in the current they, timeline. There is There's Cassie. Not, um, that, Cassie? Cassandra. No. Carrie. Carrie. Yeah, she's, she's not. not yeah, yeah, yeah she's not around. Right. Uh, but uh, it's got all five of them. Stephanie's in there. Uh, Damien. All of them, basically, are... They kind of just get together to... Go over to review. Is yeah. it was it good that we were Robin? Yeah, like you know, obviously some people work better than others, right? Uh, and each people... had their own take on Robin, you know, right? Like, what it, is it good that we were Robin? And what is Robin to Batman? Yeah, and I actually love Damien in this. I'm not. I'm actually not a huge Damien Wayne fan. I know a lot of people are, but I actually really liked him on this because his his arrogance over everyone's doing their bit on. I was Robin because of this, this, you know, I made her good Robin. He's like, I was born to be Robin. I, was, I am a Wayne, unlike all of you, you I, know. I was born to be Robin, <laughs> and my Robin is to train me until I am Batman when my dad dies. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, like this is a <laughs> training program before, it, like, y'all had your Robin, then you turned into something else, that's fine. This is my training to to become the next Batman. Like, right. I really like the arrogance of that, but also it kind of, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it actually fits. <laughs> there's only two people that were, or and or are Robins, that would make sense to be Batman. Dick Grayson or Damian Wayne. Right. Like, I mean, Tim was fine, but... Yeah, he did a good Batman in uh, the Teen Titans futuristic story, but, I mean, uh, he's, but he's, he's like an evil Batman. Right, I mean, he's, so. he's okay. I mean, he, yeah. he's got the detective down. Yeah, the technology detective and the technology down, not but the that's about it. Skills. Uh, Jason, of course not. He just murders everybody. Right. That's and that's not what Batman is. Right. Um, but they did Cassandra. Some... That'd be Batwoman. I mean, that's just the yeah. <laughs> that's just the way that is. Yep. I mean, sorry, folks, but that is what it is. So but, it's either uh, down to Dick or Damien. Not Cassandra, Stephanie. Or Stephanie, sorry, yeah. yes. Yep. So either Dick or Stephanie, Dick or Damien. Geez, you got me mix, mixed up again. <laughs> there's too many Robins. Right. So. Uh, there's all the Robins, including yeah. a, spoiler alert, we're not going to say there's a twist at the end. Yeah. We'll say that and say, holy crap, what's going yeah, on with us? I think there's a throwback, and I'm going to go back to some of my early issues of these characters, because I have like Stephanie Brown's first Robin story arc, and I want to see... Like they they mentioned some throwbacks of their like their first cases and stuff like that. I want to see how well accurate these are if they really did their homework on the, these characters. And I loved how she was like, well, you know, I, I get I was the Robin for the shortest amount of time. Yeah, like seventy two days. And Damien's like, no, no, it was only forty eight days. You were suspended as a Robin for three weeks. She's right. like, shut up. Yeah. Everyone's like, doesn't matter. You're missing the whole point here. Yeah, like I the just, writings, the art's a little iffy. It is different. It is very, uh, what I would say, um, young adult compatible. Yes. I would say it's- I think it's, that's a good way to put it's it. It's like the preteen um, drama style of book art is what I would- I would see this collected in trade in the YA section. Yep. But I don't know if it's a uh, pun or if it's an actual award, but on the cover it, sa- it says DC's uh, Round Robin Award or winner. That's pretty good. I'm like, I don't know if that's an actual award or if they just threw that on the book, but I'm like, that fits so I'm will, well. I'm right willing there. to say probably not, just probably because not. that's too. I've good. I've never heard of a round robin and award that's, or anything that's like that. It's too perfect of a name, so yep. I, I'm going to say that's probably not. Yep, but it was a good first issue. I, I'm, I want to see what's happening with the twist at the end. Uh, I like the writing where the interaction between the characters are, and 
It's not much of an investment. It's six issues. Well, and just the fighting styles that you see them all teaming up together. And then they, you can see, okay, well, you excel at this. You excel at that. You excel at blowing people up because you're a murderer. Yeah. That's no spoilers. I'm not telling you who did it. But if you're a fan of Robins, you might know pretty easily. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was an interesting read. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't my pick of the week, but, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. Speaking of picks of the week... I'm probably going to say, well, it's probably going to be your pick of the week also. If not, it's going to be real close. Dark Ages number three. I hate to say it, but that was my pick of the week too. Yeah. Which I got others. Written by Tom Taylor. Uh, I was looking at the rest of the stuff this week. I was like, okay, is there an honorable mention? Is there a runner-up? The rest I read are okay, but this one is the true, like, this one's the the breakout book that I read this week. Uh, Dark Ages number three, written by our favorite Tom Taylor. In a world where technology no longer exists because there's this constant magical EMP, so there is no Iron Man, there's no Spider-Man. I mean, there is, but there isn't. Um, all technology is down, so it's all back to... All right, we're going back to this, this, the Steam Age. Electronic technology. Yes. So um, like in, uh, gears turning, mechanical stuff will still Steam-powered. Like, um, yeah. like industrial. It's, pre-industri- it's mm-hmm. industrial age stuff. Because... Where, uh, there was a scene in here, and I think it, um, and in the previous is- issues, like uh, Spider-Man's webs still work. But, they're, but those are not electronic. They're, they're, mechanical. they're mechanical. It's like a cheese whiz. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Pressurized. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> it's like cheese whiz. I mean, that's the best way. That's the first time I've heard right. of Spider-Man's webs compared to cheese whiz. I'm, I'm just saying the way they have it in this. Is, and for me, I get, I get the steampunk feel because opening inside the front page, there's a whole bunch of gears with a bunch of you know, Avenger symbols. Like, oh, this is definitely a steampunk. Yeah. You know, all right, well, how can we counteract with this? There are some things that I don't understand, like the beginning, uh, Human Torch can barely use his flame powers. I don't understand why that's affected. Yeah, I didn't catch, I didn't get that either, but uh, I actually like the beginning where uh, he's uh, using his flame powers to boil a pot of tea because the kids are having a tea party with some stuffed animals. Including, it looks like, a um, Donald, or not Donald, a, oh, which one? Howard the Duck? No. No. Oh, yeah, Donald. It looks, yeah, like Donald. Looks, it, it looks like Donald. It looks like a stuffed animal caricature of Donald the Duck in his sailor, you know, s- sailor's outfit and stuff. Like, oh, that's, I mean, it's Marvel, which is owned by Disney, so why not have some Disney characters yeah. in there, too? And, yeah, everyone's older where, or, like, close to retirement age. Um, but this book has my favorite line of the week, possibly of the year, where... Uh, X-23's clone Gabby is in there talking to, uh, with um, Blade and Pepper Potts and Gabby's like, Captain America wasn't here. Pe- Pepper, what are you talking about, Gabby? Gabby replies, Captain America smells like a sturdy oak table and duty. Someone else was here. I love that. The, yes. Like, oh, a, a sturdy oak, like not just an oak table, not just a, a table. Sturdy a sturdy oak, oak table. table and duty. Not, not duty, duty. Like, you served your duty for the call of duty for the army and stuff like that. Yes. Like, like, Oh, I want someone to make that into like a scented candle or a body spray or something like that. Just because that Sturdy is ridiculous. Table and duty. Like, that's just a, how would you do? What does Captain America smell like? It smells like that. Like, uh, I mean, sure. Well, I guess. Why I'm, not? I'm perfectly okay with that, that, yeah. uh, description. And that is my, like I said, that, that might be my panel of the year because that is wonderful. Um, and the rest of the story is good too. Them hunting down, blah blah blah, trying to figure out what's going on. 
uh, you see some crazy Quicksilver stuff that does not end well for a lot of people. Yep. But it's really good, and I enjoyed it. And it it is Tom Taylor doing what he does best, which is a story that is not tied down to the constraints of continuity of everything else. Yes. It's here, Tom, play with these characters, like, play with these action figures, do whatever story you want, and we'll make it into a comic book. Yes. And that's the what he does great, what the best at. Uh, I know he did Nightwing this week. Um, it felt a little forced, a little bit because they got forced in the fear state. Yeah. He's doing um, Superman and Sonic Kal-El this week. That it felt a little forced with that too. This one is him doing his full creativity and going he's, out there. And just the way it reads, I think he's having fun with it. I think so too. And this is another miniseries too that he's doing. Yeah. I, I want to say it's either a five or six issue miniseries. And it's... It is some really it's good stuff, fun and heart wrenching stuff too. Like yep. there is some. I mean, I'm gonna be getting every single single issue on this. I might pick up the trade when it comes out, just because it it's so good. And I want to reread it. Um, yeah. And there's a cliffhanger of a character at the end of this that looks messed up and cool. I don't want to give it away. Yep. But I'm looking forward to the next issue. Same here. So yeah, that is my honorable mention and pick of the week for singles of everything. Dark Ages number three. Uh, Jared, do you have one else? Yeah, I I just kind of want to mention um, they are wrapping up Fear State in Batman and uh, Nightwing. Um, Nightwing kind of happens right after Batman 116, and um, they think uh, Stephanie it, and Cassandra are killed. Because it does follow up from the previous issue. Yes. And uh, it turns out that they weren't there when the when everything exploded. They survived. And they survived. And everyone's hugging. And there's some great dialogue between former Batgirls, former Robins, the current Batgirl Nightwing, Tim Drake. Um, basically, they're saying, yeah, we're going to get up on the big battleship uh, that is the... I don't remember what they call it in this. The, it's the Peacekeepers yeah, the headquarters. Yeah, Peacekeeper headquarters. So they got to figure out how to do it. They do it uh, really quickly and... They get up there and do their thing. No spoilers, but it was fun. And then Batman 117 ends Fear State. Which um, I'm going to say finally, because I'll be honest, I was not a fan of Fear State. I liked Elements bits, of it. Yes. And I thought the ending was really good. Um, I thought the newer character of um, Miracle Molly had a very good, you know, ending scenes with batman and batman had some great monologuing and i i I enjoyed the ending and fear state was it was good in its own right this is one of those i think was going to read better in trade yeah i really do i think it's underrated it it was Um, drug out i think yeah it was drug out um i think when they did all of those uh future state ones that, that broke this, up a lot. Yeah, and then this kind of like, oh, we've got to kind of set that up now. So it feels kind of forced yeah. as a story arc. But I enjoyed it in a whole. Um, I'm going to have to check it out and trade to see how good it really is because I think that's when we're going to find out. The true lifespan. The, on yeah. Cause I, I enjoyed it. I did. It ended really well. And right. it's got a uh, Batgirls uh, feature to also. Right. Uh, which that's all, pretty much all the DC books that had this week was yeah. coming soon, Batgirls. and. Yeah. Uh, the Nightwing issue very much sets up the Batgirl story. Very of, much so. With, with Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, and the previous Batgirls that were all mm-hmm. together. Cassandra so. Kane, Stephanie Brown. So, yeah. 
so that those are our picks of the week this week that came out, folks. Um, at this point, we'll move on to our book club, uh, Saga Volume 5, which covers issues 25 through 30 because I can do math and I overread this week. So I have that book in front of me so I don't overread again. Uh, make sure I end at 30. Um, so Saga 25. What do you think, Jared? Uh, so far, this is – I love the story arc. Some of the concepts are a little there's weird. Some, there are some side stories that are yeah. a little awkward, but – Yeah. Like, like for this, some of it – So, like, this one, it starts with black and white. They're doing some sort of raffle where you find out, like, hey, the war wasn't always fought by, you know, people that are – uh, drafted or people that were signed up. Like there was a progression to this. Like, okay, first we started war. So we had to draft people because no one wanted to volunteer. So right. it felt like it was your, if it, we need the soldiers to do this. So, and then the veterans stuff are well-respected around town because like, Hey, they, you know, this was a force upon them. It is what it is. Yeah. Then as time progressed, you know, we people are in a lottery and then people started joining up on their own yeah. because of one reason or another, because of wanting to get out. They want an adventure. They want to get away from their lifestyle, whatever. And just the natural progression with that. And then, of course, if more and more people volunteer, the less and less people actually the civilians actually care about right. that as well. And especially because the war was going off ground. It wasn't. They didn't see it every day anymore. Right. It's going off planet, so it didn't really affect their lives. They're able to do whatever they want. They hear about it, but they don't see it. Yeah. Uh, so it has that little quick flashback. Okay, this is how the soldiers became, and back to the main story now. Yeah. Like, so it was like very... It's like that beginning was... It was, a, it, was a, it was a cold open. It was a cold open, but it was pointless. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I think it does have a little bit of backstory to it, but and it shows I how much society. Care. Well, it shows how much society actually cares about the war. Yeah, which it then it goes back to the main story where you have the kidnapper of Prince Robot's child, and I think that is a good the reason why they show like people don't care in the home world. Look at his backstory. Yeah, okay, could be his kid died because of you know the war, but something that could have been preventable. So it shows the apathy that people have oh, towards the war. I didn't soldiers. think about it that way. Yeah. So I think it it does work if you it's not as blatantly obvious, but if right. you start thinking about it, if you start thinking about it, okay, that makes that makes sense then. Yeah, it, it does. It does when you kind of think about it in that aspect. And but, they are doing world building, and how how much can you do world building at without twenty five? Yeah, at this without point? doing stuff like that. Right. So yes. it's a little it's a little you know backstory, not a whole lot. Right. Move, keep on, move on. Right. Uh, so yeah, he's out and about with Hazel um, at one point. Uh, I like the uh, there's a there's some dialogue between Marco's mom and Alana. I, I forget the mom's name. Eventually, the grandma's what I just call her for now because they call her. Yeah. Uh, and I love the line that she has. The grandma has Alana. We are soldiers, not effing damsel in, in distresses. I'm done waiting for my son or anyone else to come rescue us. Like I love the we are soldiers. You are a soldier. I'm a soldier. We let's do, be soldiers. Let's and not, quit yeah. like crying about what we can't change and let's actually do something about it. Yep. So of course they try to hatch a way to get free and then jumps back over. Uh, the more and more the story goes on, the more it does jump around of story A, B, C, D. Right. Because there is so much there that eventually will come to a head and merge back together. Yes. Yeah. But like all stories, they branch out. Like, and eventually, some things intertwine, some things don't. I'm hoping that this stuff will inter- intertwine again. But it's interesting to see what's going on. Um, we see Gwendolyn and the Will's sister 
the brand? No, not the brand. No, that's right. Uh, is it the brand? Yeah, the brand. Uh, them trying to find a cure for the will. And they need a dragon seed as well. I'll put it as a PG yes. version. And they to, find a female dragon, not a male dragon. Which the female dragon marks them her own way. Um, she marks them. In a golden way. Yeah. I'll put it that way. And it is disgusting. Like, yep. Absolutely. And it basically, that's how they mark their enemies. Right. It's how the rest of them can hunt them down. And it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, I kind of like how they did get out of that with uh, that magic um, translator thing that uh, uh, Gwendolyn has. They're the, able to actually communicate with the dragons a little bit. Right. The magical, the same thing that a lot of Marco's wedding rings that that yes. says. The, yeah. If you touch them, you can speak to them. Um, then we get to see Prince Robot with Marco and Goose. Yep. If you remember that uh, Kidnapper has both of their children. So, and because the kidnapper has them and their family and their ship, they have this uh, space walrus thing that Goose can track because that's his species can do that. Yep. So they're using him to try to track down their home war- home family and everything. Um, and they don't really get along, Marcos and uh, Prince Robot. No, it's the definitely. Yeah, we're it, stuck it, together because our kids have been kidnapped, and we have to work together we, to save them. We are we have better odds working together than against yep. each other. Um, so yeah, uh, them fighting back and forth, then we go back to Alana and family, and then all of a sudden this giant boot land, boot rocket lands nearby. You find out, holy crap, it's the revolution. It is the most radical of radical extremists. Uh, this will not end well. Yeah. The, uh, kidnapper of the children and, uh, the one who's holding Alana and the grandmother hostage, uh, He's the one that brings these characters in, and they are they are formidable. Yeah. Uh, so that's the end of that issue. So then we're going to jump to the next issue, where uh, Margo is at a gas station getting conveniences, like, you know, the whole chips, Slim Jims, whatever, and he sees a robbery and decides to step in and intervene. Of course, Prince Robot says, what the crap are you doing? This isn't our problem. Like, which is, I understand Prince Robot. Like, yeah, there's bad stuff happening, but... We are on the run from everybody. We don't need you know, unwanted attention. He saw your face. Holy crap, you're going to alert everybody. Bad stuff's going to happen. Meanwhile, Marco's like, but I and I can't not help people when right. people are in danger. Uh, and my favorite panel with that is Goose coming out of the bathroom, like buckling up his overalls. Uh, the heck are you doing? Meanwhile, you know, Marco's all bearded crazy and punching out someone. <laughs> like, oh, this is... Uh, Goose is my favorite. I yeah, mean, he's he's hilarious. Goose and there was a scene in the last issue. Just kind of backtrack just a little bit, where Marco's like fed up with the uh, Prince Robot and the other characters of all. And he's like, ah, you all. Or, I can't remember what he says. Like, you all drive me nuts. And Gus is like, what did I do? Yeah, you he's know? just so adorable Goose. and innocent. Yeah, Goose. Uh, yeah, he's he's him and Isabel. Yeah. The babysitter. Yeah. Those just, two are some the best characters. They're the best. This. They're fun. They're, they're innocence of sorts, and it's just cool. Uh, after the robbery, we go back to meeting the revolution, and uh, there are some few choice words going on about them. Like, these aren't, the, like, I get what you're trying to do, janitor guy, but with, this is not the way to do it because these guys will mess you up. Like, 
you don't understand how bad these guys are. I don't care the ends justifying the means. These ends and means aren't good. No. Um, and then we go back to Gwendolyn, Sophie, uh, and the brand. And that's when they use the language stuff to talk to the dragons. Yeah. Yeah. I jumped ahead earlier. <laughs> Sorry. So that's them figuring out, okay, we need a male. And they said, there aren't any males. And Lion Cat lying. Okay. Well, there is one, but he's a jerk. Yeah. Or, uh, okay, yes, one one guy left, but he's up on the hill, whatever. But he is very, very unkind. Like, I, I love the, like, uh, we don't care about the last of the species. It's not worth it. Yeah, We don't need to have more if because... Dragons are dying out. We don't care because this guy is such a jerk. Right, it's not worth it. So, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah, and then go back to more of the stuff about the revolution characters uh, and... Them fighting back and forth. What should they do? Who should they rat out? Whatever. Um, this one's a whole bunch of little stuff. Like this issue specifically has a lot of small yeah. story jumps two, back and forth. Yeah, two to three pages. Then we jump back and forth. But the big thing with that is it ends with Marco laying down on the ground, passed out, foaming at the mouth, like drooling, eyes wide open. The actress lady that uh, had betrayed them in the previous volume was is has been with them. The drug dealer. Yeah, she the guy who uh, uh, Marco stops the robbery from had drugs on him and she took them. Well, she was explaining to Marco that uh, his wife wanted to feel peace and that's how why she got on drugs. So Marco tried them just to see what his wife was all doing and he basically overdoses and he's on the ground. So, and then it jumps to chapter 27 where we get to see that drug-induced hallucination where it's a bad trip. And it starts out all like normal, fine, whatever. Then all of a sudden it turns into like a horror of horrors and super messed up. But luckily, uh, Prince Robot's there, and he recognizes that they that they overdosed. He's like, okay, what do we do? How do we cure them? What's going on? Uh, the drug dealer lady, she's coherent enough that she tells him what's going on. Like, oh, crap, it was bad drugs. And like, well, what? <laughs> I love Prince Robot's solution. I want to back up just a second. I love Goose in this again, because uh, the... Uh... Actors who betrayed them as also just since she found uh, Marco's drug uh, overdosed, she went ahead and took the rest of the drugs and overdosed herself. So they're both lying there. Right. So Prince Robot's in there and he's found him and Goose walks in. He's like, what did you do? <laughs> you know, he's holding a battle axe and just a cute little guy. <laughs> well, I love Prince Robot's solution of them being all on drugs. Well, I guess we can blow them up the airlock, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, they're just going to slow us down. Right. And Goose is like, what? Like, he, no, you don't just do that. We have to try to help him and everything. It's, just, yep. it's, it's hilarious. So like, we got to call poison control. <laughs> we, got, we have to do something, not just let them, you know, die out. Uh, but yeah, then it goes back into uh, Marco's drug hallucination of everything and the, it's kind of fighting the war at this point but it's doesn't go well well i mean it's a little bit of everything it jumps between the war at home like shooting up a car him beating up a child when he was a kid yeah um it jumps through a lot of stuff that explain that he comes out of it and he realizes i messed up hitting alana with the groceries like the this is my, I have a bad pattern where I always resort to violence just because that's what I do. Yep. And he finally comes out and he's like, no, I'm glad I overdosed on that. I'm glad that was a bad trip because a, I know what, what Alana was doing. I understand the release, you know, the escape, the release from reality, whatever. 
And B, this reminds me of what I'm fighting for, who I'm fighting for. Why am I, you know, why don't I just, why don't I just kill myself because everything's awful? Like I need to do good for my family and everything. Yep. And just for the world as a whole. Uh, chapter 28 then where we get s'mores because I love of all the weird things in saga s'mores at least, or at least roasting marshmallows over a fire still exists. Uh, it just, it's a fun little with Sophie and the brand where they're, they're bonding over that. And like, Oh, you know, what's it like to be this? What's it like to do that? And whatever. And yeah, she's asking her a lot of adult type questions and it's just, the brand's like, yeah, I'm going to answer them. You're right. asking, you know, and I don't care if you're too young or whatever. I, you, you, <laughs> she's like, the first thing people ask her, what is it like killing people? But you didn't ask me that. That's kind of odd. She's like, well, I mean, I'll get to that later. I mean, I, I still want to know that. But, I, you know, these other things popped into my head. Yeah. Uh, then we get to see another. So the stalk, if you remember, had no arms on its torso, but had a whole bunch of spider leg arms. This we see another one of that creature. Just appearing with all, all of the guns. Not just some of the guns. Not a lot of guns. All of the guns. Each of the guns. In whatever hands he can use to hold guns, and other hands he uses to walk. It's like all right, two. I only use two hands for walking. The other six are all holding guns pointed at you. You see the laser dots over over their faces. Like it is not taking well to. uh, uh, What do I want to say? People that trespassers. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. It does not take well to trespassers. Um, so, yeah, we get to see that. Then, you know, Alana, Marco, or not Alana, Marco, Hazel and Alana talking stuff out on the ship again while they're being captured. Really, a whole lot doesn't happen. I thought the same thing. I mean, this, th- there's a lot of filler, a lot of character setup, and some character development and things like that, but. Nothing gets nothing, resolved. Or right. I mean, move, things it, move forward. It's a, and it's important to read. Yes. But for me to discuss, it's them talking with the rebellion yes. and everything. What's going There's on? There's a lot of dialogue in this this volume. I knew after I got done reading this volume again, I'm like, this is going to be difficult to talk about on the podcast just because there's so much dialogue. But the other thing that this is a big takeaway from this issue is Marco and crew. So Prince Robot, the drug lady and goose Goose. they're in a firefight with some robot people and they take a hit and the drug dealer lady she redeemed herself yeah she someone need to go in the you're going to die but we need someone to put out this gas leak she does it yeah and i love the the notes like she died the way she lived high as f word like but hey, if you if you know you're going to burn alive, you might as well be high so you don't feel it. I mean, yep. that's because otherwise burning alive would not be fun. Goose is going to do it himself. He's going to like, no, this needs to be done. I don't care. I'm tracking whoever. Someone needs to do this. You're not going to, so I need to. And she redeems herself and knocks him out so yeah. he doesn't do it. She does it and she gets the job done. Uh, these next two issues fly by pretty fast because again, it's a lot of dialogue of what's going on with whom and what and... Uh, they so well, Marco and gang they survive the crack you know the firefight. Yep. Alana they do get to the planet of where, where Alana, Alana and them and are. Every, everyone are, but they crash the, land. Yeah. The um, the revolution or rebellion or whatever they call themselves. They killed. Um, so let me, let me, the, get, let me oh, get, yeah look back up yeah so so they crash land they survive they're on the planet though so they're halfway there i mean it's the good news is the planet is only like half a planet so it doesn't matter i guess yeah, from a certain far. point of view um and they, they get there 
the revolution, they are having issues where they need to, oh, how do I want to say, uh, negotiate of their trading of people. So they try to do that. And the people that are negotiating, like, oh, you have a robot with you? No, we don't care. Deal's off. We don't deal with them at all. Revolution's like, okay, fine. We'll kill him. We don't care. Yeah. Like, we're, we're here for, you know, the bargaining chip to potentially get our own people to join our cause, whatever. So that's when the robot's like, oh, crap. These guys are bad guys. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Then we get to see Gwendolyn and Sophie and them try to get the dragon seed. They found the dragon, and they definitely found in a very graphic way that it is male. Yes. In a very graphic and disturbing way that it is male. I'll put yes. it that way. I'm not going to give any more details. I've never seen anyone think of a dragon doing that. Yeah, it's messed up. But they are, it is done. It is taking a nap. And so, like, all right, we need to get it seed. Sophie's like, I'm the youngest. I'm the smallest. I make the least amount of noise. Well, she doesn't do a good job. She wakes it up. Yeah. And the Will's sister, the, the brand, brand, sacrifices herself to save Sophie from getting eaten by the dragon where she gets bit in half. And like, yeah, you see, she's done. In, unless they do some crazy magic that I have not seen. Like, well, I don't even think they can really because there's not much left to half do. Half of her is inside the dragon now in, in, her, in the dragon's stomach. Right. So it did not end well. No. And Gwendolyn took a shot too. She took a shot. She's yep. wounded, but she's not. Yeah. She's, she's fine. By comparison, it's yeah. just a flesh wound. It's yeah. fine. Um, and then, Goes to the final issue where stuff gets real. Issue 30, where, all right, this is the classic saga where the final issue of the arc always ramps up. Yep. Um, where, all right, Marco finally meets the family, or at least meets uh, Alana and the robot that kidnapped Prince's son. And it's like, oh, there you are. Like, tears of joy are all around. Like, hey, we found you, whatever. Yeah. Prince Robot sh- shows up like, oh, hey, you're the one that kidnapped my son? And just blasts him away immediately. Yep. Just like, kills him instantly. No questions asked. Like, the the robot prisoner or whatever is like, okay, my bad. I messed up. I, I right. did whatever. And but Prince, the revolution... The... Prince Robot says, fascinating. And blam! Like, just yeah. destroy like, God, I don't care. I, I, I swore an oath that I would kill you the moment I found you. Yep. Regardless. And this he is did. it. Yep, but uh, the revolution took Hazel on the tree ship, and they took off. Right. So or they, no, not on the tree ship, in their own ship. The, I'm sorry. The What's left of the revolution. Yeah. See, a lot of them died, except for one person. Right, who has a hold of Hazel, and they took off. And it ends... Uh, it ends with a time jump forward. Where, not a big time jump, but maybe a year? Uh, something has definitely happened where all of a sudden... You see Hazel is in, like, a preschool of sorts. Yeah. With a bunch of other horn creatures. So that'd be another... Those were the Moonies, I think, were the horns. I think so. So a bunch of them in a preschool. And that's where it ends there, where she's in preschool. And, like, oh, uh, I guess everyone needs an education, including aliens that are on the run. So how do we get there? How do we know? I don't know. Other than the fact that I do know, because like I said, I did math wrong and I read two issues in advance. So I do know what's going on, but we'll talk about that next week. Cause that is the end of saga volume five issues 25 through 30. So next week we'll be reading saga volume six, which will be 30 through or no 31, 31 through, through 36. 36. 
So I think. It, yep, that's that's six issues. So that should be it. Uh, so that'll be our plan for next week, folks. And we'll figure out a topic to talk about. Yeah. We still haven't worked that, worked that part out yet. So sorry in advance, Laura, but we'll hopefully have that figured out soon. Uh, so with that. It's time for our Heroes of the Week. Yes. And I'm on it. Oh, you remember. Yep. All right. So Jared, who is your Hero of the Week, be it comic book related or otherwise? I'm going to go with my dad because it is his birthday and his birthday is on Wookiee Life Day. Oh, nice. That's a good, good invert or a good way to remember. Yeah. Oh, when's dad's birthday? Wookiee Life Day. Okay. But seriously, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, yeah, I, I, I still want Life Day to be an actual holiday because yeah. I want holiday pay, dang it. It should be a federal holiday so we can get it off and get it paid off. It should be at least a holiday for a comic book store. I mean, <laughs> I'm willing to take that. I mean, come on, Mark. Help me out here. Yeah, but it came on Wednesday this year. So it's I can, new comic day. Doesn't mean we're closed. I can get holiday pay. Time and a half. That's ah, what I'm going for. So. Gotcha. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that means it's my turn for my Hero of the Week. Um... I think my hero of the week is going to be Sue Storm from the Dark Ages book. Okay, no spoilers on uh, that. She... There are some major spoilers. Yes. So the Invisible Woman, that remind just a reminder, she can go invisible and she can make force field bubbles. Yes. So she is my hero of the week for what she did in that, and whew, she's got that that story. She's got a a rough time coming ahead of her. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no spoilers. Yeah. But I think she's angry. She is. She might make the Hulk look weak as anger builds. I'm just going to say her brother's not the only one with a hot head. Like. Yeah. She can also be pretty, pretty angry. So with that, folks, with that, enough of that tease, check out Dark Ages if you want to see what we're talking about. Um, we will say thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for commenting. I know we are on, again, I mentioned it last week. We're on Facebook now. Yes. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the podcast is on Facebook and all the other platforms. You're already, if you're already listening to this, you know what platform you're on. I, I don't need to go through that. Uh, but if, follow us on MySpace. But follow the podcast on MySpace. That's right. <laughs> the podcast audio is on Facebook, but you can also follow the paid, the podcast on a MySpace page just because... Uh, I really haven't logged in. in a, like, no, a we're not actually doing anything with it. So, I mean, know, I mean, more so. We follow- won't even notice if you're following right. or not. <laughs> I will notice if you like and or comment on the podcast. I'll put it that way yeah. on, face- on Facebook or if you comment on Spotify. I think we get notifications for that. Otherwise, I'll just be doing that manually. I'll only check for a few few weeks, though. I'll be honest. I'm not going to check forever. If you're listening to this 30 years from now. I'm probably not going to check the reply, the comments. Sorry, folks, but that's it is what it is. But if you're coming on Facebook, I do get notifications for that. So I do see those. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming in the store. Um, hopefully we'll see you over the course of the next week for Life Day holiday specials. Plus, you know, there is a, a small holiday coming on next week. It's called Thanks, thanks Something. Thanks. Thanks thanking, thanks taking. Something like that. Thanksgiving. That's what Thank Batman. Yeah. Thank thanks Spider-Man. Thanks thanks Stan Lee. Day there we go. That's what I want to go with. So, so and I want to thank you guys for listening and sharing and subscribing. And we will see you all next time. Wookie Life Day. Woo. Or uh.